Children's Ministry Monthly is sponsored in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get your next ministry logo designed from scratch for as low as $65. Go over there to DrawYouAPicture.com, view the gallery, see what I've done for others, and see what I can do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. Children's Ministry Monthly, a podcast focusing on the needs of everyday children's ministers. Hi, how you doing out there? Uh, this is Children's Ministry Monthly Podcast, episode number 22, brought to you the week of March 30th, 2010. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison, children's pastor in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida, Suncoast Cathedral. Don't be jealous. Hey, this month we are talking about uh, preschool worship. We have an interview uh, with Jean Tom- Thomason, a.k.a. Mrs. Patty Cake. Now, if you're not familiar with her work, uh, then you don't have a preschooler. Uh, but um, I first met her through a video series because my Rainbows teacher would show her videos before my daughter uh, you know, uh, started Rainbows. And when I met her at the uh, National Children's Conference here in, uh, or over there in St. Petersburg, I had the opportunity to sit down with her, and man, it was a great interview. At first, I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be like interviewing Barney, you know, because she wore a green dress. She had red striped socks on. Um, I was a little worried, but as the interview went on, I realized she is brilliant. She's passionate about what she does, and she has a message to share with all of us, so uh, you can check her website out, by the way, at misspattycake.com. That's M-I-S-S pattycake.com. Uh, I won't waste any more of your time, but at the end of the interview, we will be going through a couple of emails and a couple of resources. So we'll see you on the other side. All right. Hi, uh, folks. This is James Kennison with Children's Ministry Monthly. Another interview, and we are uh, very excited to be sitting here with Mrs. Patty Cake. Those of you that are unfamiliar with her, she is a uh, minister for preschool-age kids and uh, a great alternative to Barney. Um, Pretty much anything's a great alternative to Barney, though, from my perspective, um, just on a moral level. Um, Just kidding. I just have to bring God in it so I can have more of a stand. But no, um, Miss Patty Cake has become more and more important to me and my family as my daughter has been introduced to her at church and then at home. And uh, my eyes kind of popped out of my head when I saw her here and and asked her for an interview. She was kind enough to do that for us. Um, Miss Patty Cake, a lot of our folks are are folk. uh, Our our podcast seems to hit people that are new to ministry. Um, a lot of them are unpaid. They're volunteers, maybe smaller churches, or folks who have been in it forever, but but really haven't. They've been doing the same group, the same thing, because they don't. They're not. They're just in a church of maybe 400 people. I mean, I'm sorry, a town of 400 people. There's not going to be a lot of growth in a town of 400 people. So um, I'm going to. We're going to talk a lot about early childhood ministry. And young young people, tell me first of all, how did when did you get started? What is the genesis, the origin of the character of Miss Patty Cake? And please introduce yourself. I I, I don't know your real name, so let's uh, let's let's get all the real stuff out of the way. Great, thank you, James. Thanks for the opportunity to get to talk um, to any and all friends who would like to hear of the story of. Um, of a of a wacky woman who loves to sing and do theater and music, um, um, who and I have ended up now for 15 years with this with this goofy costume on, <laughs> um, singing to little 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 ones, and it is a really fun story and it's it's a long story, but in a nutshell, I can tell you this. Um, thanks be to God, I grew up in a Christian home, so that I went to church and I was in, and I was this, and I loved music and. Early in my life, there were some people who were um, preschool minis- preschool ministers who encouraged my parents that I had a gift for music. That they recognized that I loved to sing and that I could actually carry a tune, which 
not every little child can do, but some of us have that in our DNA. There, you may, you can teach children um, all about music. It is a motor skill. I do know this because I've I've been teaching music for a lot of years. But I grew up singing, and that's what I wanted to do: singing and singing and singing. And I um, went all through my my early years in choirs and in um, and then I started in drama. So I did lots of musical theater. Then I won a scholarship to college with an audition, a vocal audition, and I sang opera for years, which is funny. Um, I laugh. Now people tell me, how great. You had such good experience. Now you're the star of your own show. So it is pretty funny. But um, I sang and sang and sang. and in, But in college is where I really truly met the Lord in a mighty and life-changing way. And God began to speak to me about my giftedness and what the plans that he had for me. And um, um, over my life, he sort of wrote a scripture. And I don't know if you, I hope you've had the experience of God really speaking to you in his word. And what he said to me was this verse, Psalm 40, verse 3, and it says, He, God, has put a new song in my mouth, and it is a song of praise up to God. That word uh, praise is the word hallelujah. And I began to do some studies in the in the Word of God, in the Bible, just to find out, wow, God, okay, you put a song of praise in my mouth. What is that? Because from my very conservative Baptist background, I, I didn't know what that was. And um, I knew the doxology. That was about what I could think of. So I begin to find out that all through the scriptures, we're commanded to praise the Lord. And there, and praising is always something that you do. It's always, always a verb. It's something that you do. Praising is clapping, celebrating, dancing, singing, leaping, shouting, stomping. I mean, very, very interesting. If you, if you could read your Bible in Hebrew or at least go to your Strong's Concordance and look up what does it mean when the, the Word of God says... Seven times a day will I praise you. Like, for example, that word is yada in Hebrew, and it means throw out the arms in blessing. Um, um, the lifting of the hands is the evening sacrifice. I'm thinking of, oh, I love this one. Psalm 22.3 says, God is holy and inhabits the praises of his people. You wouldn't know this if you didn't study it out, but that word praise is the word tehillah in Hebrew, which means to sing. So it is no wonder why when we sing, um, God comes. He inhabits the praises of His people. We usher in the presence of God when we choose to step into praise. That's why we always, always do praising and worshiping before like the pastor comes to speak. It's a big deal to God that we praise Him. Oh, that men would praise the Lord, King David said. That word is hallelujah, which is a big, big fat, fat word. Well, armed with this knowledge that I'm gaining and things that I'm learning, I struck out after college, went on staff at a church, was singing concerts and teaching uh, classes to lots of singles then. I was single then and lots of classes on, on biblical praise and worship. Because one thing that I know is when people learn that the Bible teaches us these things, then we can embrace it as true because we go, oh, that's what God said. Oh, that's what God meant, you know. Okay, now I get it, why people clap and sing and jump and leap and dance and they're full of joy and Psalm 100 says what it says, excuse me, Psalm 150 says what it says about celebrating, all of the celebration that, that we should feel in our hearts. And why? And that's because we should remind ourselves daily that God is the one who, through Jesus, has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's something to celebrate. So I'm kind of wacky, and that's sort of my personality anyway. But um, um, along the way of my singing and, and praising God, I became a um, praise and worship leader at a church, met my husband who was in Nashville and was in Christian music, and um, we lived there. And then <laughs> something amazing happened in my life. I had a baby. <laughs> I always tell people, now that will rock your world. And so my paradigm changed. And um, um, I had this baby, and I started singing songs to her, old hymns and new songs. And then she started growing, and then we had a second baby. They're only 15 months apart. Yes, I know. Pray for me. Um, what was I thinking? Um, and then God moved us from Nashville down to Mobile, Alabama, to work with Integrity Music. Fabulous music company, worship songs, praising songs. And I met the Donut Man who does songs that teach and songs that praise. And I met some of the writers there just socially. One day, I was at my house, at my table, drinking coffee just like I am right now. Yes, James bought me a lovely cup of coffee. Um, 
I'm drinking coffee, and uh, this woman called me, who's a songwriter, and her name is Nancy. She has four children, and she said, Jean, we've written some songs for little children, for, for toddlers. And she said, they're, they're really good songs. We feel like the Spirit of God is all over these songs. And... Um, we think they can be life-changing for children, but no one is ever going to hear them unless somebody sings them. And I said, you know, that's a really good point. And uh, she said, yeah, well, you're the one. Hmm. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> she said, yeah, you're the one. I just, we can't get you out of our minds. Every time I think about this idea, um, I believe that God is putting your, your face in my mind. And one of the songs is called Patty Cake Praise. And Patty Cake Praise is an effort, a song that is an effort to marry the nursery rhyme to the scriptures. Because most of us, probably you, James, we learned how to clap with the nursery rhyme, Patty Cake, Baker's Man. Okay, but what does God say about clapping? He says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout up to God with a voice of praise. And that word is hallelujah. It's a big fat word, a big fat voice celebrating, leaping, dancing, being full of joy. So the song is patty cake, patty cake, clap and play. Patty cake, patty cake every day. Patty cake, patty cake, praise the Lord much slower, of course. Patty cake, patty cake, praise. Then we pat, pat, pat and tap, tap, tap. And our little hands can clap, clap, clap. It's the perfect day for patty cake praise. So pat and tap and clap, clap, clap. So that was the initial introduction I had to that song, which led us to sit down and start thinking and drawing pictures and creating a character that was a woman who was like a cross between, I say, the romper room lady, which is what I grew up with, and Pippi Longstocking. Not to re- Captain Kangaroo is gone, so we need, you know, somebody. Look, yeah, exactly. Mary Poppins is in a big way. Very good. Um, the 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 um, um, Mr. Rogers is wonderful, but he didn't do enough singing, in my in my opinion, especially if you're going to give praise to God, because music, music, music is what helps a brain develop, a little child's brain develop. It connects the synapses. It goes to it's a whole different center in the brain than speaking, and so that is how we begin our journey and how Miss Patty Cake was born. So there's your genesis, and I appreciate that. It's huge. Um, the DVD I just bought from you uh, moments ago for my daughter uh, doesn't just, it, it's praise, it's God-centered and all that, but you're also incorporating things about uh, uh, just good attitudes, about nutrition, about uh, exercise and things like that, about drinking plenty of water. Um, this is something I typically only see on PBS, and I never see God flavor on any of that, not that it's necessarily bad. Um I, I, I just have seen that you're starting with God, using Him as the reason for nutrition, for taking care of yourself. Um, so it's obviously moved uh, not from praise, but you've, you've expanded some things. Do you care to comment on, on some of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and it's interesting because I, I, it's in my journey now of 15 years, um, I, began, I began with the... With the my, my heartbeat being to teach little ones, to put the song, teach the songs to the little ones that they might sing the songs to accomplish what God says, which are things like that there's power in the song of a child and out of the mouths of babes and infants, God ordains praise. And so that really was my focus. So we started there um, helping to lay that firm foundation in the youngest of children. I, I remind people all the time that the scripture says, when, when people come to me and say, yeah, but they're so little, can they really get it? You know that. I had a woman actually ask me, James, you'll love this. She came to me, she said, Miss Patty Cake, don't you feel you're brainwashing these children? <laughs> to which I said, yes, I'm brainwashing them. It's our job. That's what God tells us to do, which would be the reason why I am still pulling these stockings on at my age, because God's strong and firm command to us, it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9, clearly, right after it says in verse 8, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. The very next verse says, now teach these things diligently to your children. Or another version says, talk to your children about the Lord when, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you come in, when you sit at your table, when you go on a journey, when you, um, when you are, uh, when you're sitting, go, you know, walking by the way is what the scriptures say. I always say, add things like when you're in the carpool line and, you know, stuff like that. 
look for any and every opportunity to talk to your children about the Lord. So with laying the foundation of, as Miss Patty Cake, I have these hands and a heart on my dress. I have two hands to clap, one heart to love, a voice to sing. Every song gives thanks and praise up to God. So that's why Miss Patty Cake says, God made you, God loves you, yay God! The kids love it, you know, because they love to, they're raucous and they're, you know, they're they're excited. They, they love to get excited, especially they get excited about God. If you get excited, they will emulate you. They're looking for something to copy. And along that line, in looking for something to copy, we are setting up for them a lifestyle. And we, we all, you know, we, we all have this one life. There are only two things that last, right? The Word of God, the souls of men. We have this one chance, one life. And so as Miss Patty Cake, as, as, um, and in my observation of seeing that parents need to be encouraged, parents need to be taught how they can talk to their children about the Lord, already they're talking to their children about everyday mundane things, eating, drinking, sleeping, um, come on, we're going outside to play, come on, we're walking down the street, um, um, exercise, that's a big, big deal. We are fighting childhood obesity in our country in a huge way. I was encouraged by Florida Hospital recently, about a year and a half ago. Florida Hospital is a Seventh-day Adventist um, group, and they have this whole kind of um, um, stat- these that uh, statues that's not the right word, statutes that I would call their, their kind of their mantra, which is called creation health. And they have the Ten Commandments of creation health. And it has everything to do with preventive medicine, things that we do to keep ourselves healthy so we don't have to go to the doctor or to the hospital. So um, they, they have encouraged me to do something that would help parents encourage their children to do, to do good things for themselves. So the newest thing that I just did um, helps encourage children to get up, to greet the morning. This is the day God has made. We're going to rejoice. Now it's time to eat breakfast. So we choose healthy food that makes you strong so you feel better all day long. We call it grow and go. Good food for you. So we pick orange juice instead of a donut for every morning. You know, that kind of fruits and vegetables that are good for you. And I have a fun little song that says, fruits and veggies are good for you. You have some and I will too. Fruits and veggies in your tum, tum, tum. Fruits and veggies are yum, yum, yum. You know, um, yes, I'm brainwashing them. But the good thing is then parents can say, ooh, remember, remember Miss Patty Cake says. And then, you know, then it's then it becomes a group then it becomes a more of a group effort. We're helping. It's the village thing. It takes a village. Yeah, we're ganging up on the kids. We need to do that. I'm, that's a positive thing. Yeah. I need as many, uh, with my own kids, I need as many people on my team as possible because they they uh, they think they're bigger than me sometimes. Well, and that's them exploring their own lives and who they are. But but and this is the, the and these are the little ones. This is two and three, and the, you know, a two-year-old's favorite word is no. And um, so to find a way to 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 softly say, sing them a song, softly say, Miss um, Patty Cake says, "Come on, let's do this. Try the orange juice. It's yum yum yum." And they like to say it, yum yum yum. And it's that sort of a thing. And then in addition to that. We go outside and we play and we do exercises. We hop like a bunny, we hop like a kangaroo, we jump, we turn around, we jump up, we sit down. It's very, very interactive. But then we come back in and, oh, and then we get thirsty and so we drink water because water, water is good for you, good for you, and me too. So we, drink, we learn about things that are healthy. And the question though, James, is this. When we come back into Miss Patty Cake's house, we say, why should we do these things and take care of our body? And the answer is, God made us. And our body is like a house, the place where God lives. And when we can grow up big and strong, as much as it depends on us, we can grow up big and strong and we can go about doing good like Jesus did. Jesus went about doing good, doing good. Jesus went about doing good. And when God made us, he made us special. He made us one of a kind. So we have a really fun song that says, we are amazing. We're terrific. We're wonderful. We're wonderfully made. We're super special. Miss Patty Cake says, you are amazerific. I love that because not only are you teaching these things, I just heard you explain an example of how a child as young as two, three, four can weave Christ into their daily life, which is something even we grown-ups can struggle to do sometimes. 
All right. I wish you could hear what we're saying between segments here, because uh, I have to give Miss Pattycake time to sip her coffee. Her, um, we we have found her secret uh, for her energy, and it is a, a triple triple shot latte. Yeah, there. So, um, no, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, preschool in 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 the context of children's church, your typical children's church Sunday school. Um, I see what I usually see when I go around to churches. Youth group gets a fairly good budget. Of course, the grown-ups get the biggest. Emphasis is usually on youth, followed by children in elementary school. Followed, you know, and we forget all about middle school. Uh, followed by preschool, and then nursery on the bottom of the barrel in the oldest room with the fadedest wallpaper. Um, in my church, I'm striving to reverse that trend, but. First of all, do you have a word of encouragement for the people that are just living that, and that's just where they're at? Here's what I want to say. That makes me so mad. <laughs> I have righteous indignation. I have righteous anger. I let the sun go down on that anger all the time. I just go ahead and confess it to you. The reason why I'm telling you this is because um, God did a pretty amazing thing to me in my life. And I will just tell you my experience because that's what Jesus calls us to do is witness. And let me tell you what I did. Um, I was, the, the, the reason why God opened a door for me to become this wacky little character of Miss Patty Cake was because I was in a, because I was in the city where there were the songwriters writing the songs so that when, when the opportunity came and I went to my own church and my children's pastor heard me do a little program with the parents and the preschoolers, she said to me, my children's minister said, Jean, that's my real name, by the way, Jean, she said, oh my goodness, that was amazing. And I said, oh, shucks, that was nothing. It was, you know, thank you. That's, you're being sweet. She said, no, I'm not being sweet. She said, this God is all over this gene. Nobody is singing to preschool children. Now, I'm a mother of a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And I said, what? Nobody's singing to preschool children? I sing to my kids all the time. And she said, yeah, because that's, that's who you are. It's what you do. She said, but in a big way, nobody's singing to preschool children. I said, you're kidding. Why not? And I began to go and look, and I went to my husband, and I said, Honey, nobody's singing to preschool children. And he said, Well, go for it. And I began to go to one church, which opened two doors, which opened eight doors, which opened God's exponential math, like that is. And I began to sing to parents of preschool children, and they were saying, Thank you. These are wonderful songs. This is incredible, because my children get it, and these little ones get it. And at that time, I was on the worship team for the Women of Faith conferences that sang, that sing, that, uh, excuse me, that travel all over the country. 500,000 women every year I sang for as Jean, right? Okay. For seven years, I did that. And during those years, I was creating and developing Miss Patty Cake. And one day, the Lord said to me, you're done. You're done singing for grownups. And I said, really? And, and, and in my mind, I thought, okay, all right, God, it's time for me to step down to the children. But you know what the Lord said to me, James? And I'll never forget it. You know, by the way, that God speaks to you when, it's a, a, when a word comes into your head that you're too dumb to have thought of yourself <laughs> or you're not smart enough to have thought of it. This is what the Lord said to me. And I know he said it because he said this, you're finished and you have now graduated. You are moving up to sing to the youngest of the children. And you know why that's important? Because we often forget, churches often forget that God's kingdom is upside down. Jesus said, the, the little is much. Remember the widow's might. Jesus said, the last will be first. Jesus said, if you want to be great, then be the servant of all. Jesus always, always, always brought a child up, put it on his lap, and he said, you see this, this small child, this is the kingdom of God. Unless we're willing to repent, to change, to become like a little child, we can't even see the kingdom of God. The little is much concept. with, And that's what I want to say to you and to remind you. Here's, here are the staggering sad statistics that I know. 95% from neurologists, 95% of all our synapses in our brain, all the connection of synapses happen before, by the time we're two years old. Two, two, did you hear me? Two, two years old. Two-year-olds are brilliant. If you have them, you know that they are. Um, eight, George Barna, who is a great statistician and a wonderful Christian man who works in discipleship, wrote a book I highly recommend for you to buy, not only for your own edification, but also for, I hate to use this word, 
ammunition because it's because it's hard facts, statistics that are true about our culture. He said this, 85% of all of us who know the Lord and are call ourselves Christians, 85% of us came to Jesus or, or, or stepped into faith in Jesus by the time we were only eight years old. Eight, eight, did you hear me? Eight, 85%, eight, okay. Which means that if we look at our churches and we look at our budgets, and if we see that the budgets for um, later, uh, for youth and adults is huge, and that the pastor is thinking that that's money for even, I don't mean the pastor, I mean anyone and everyone, thinks that that's money for evangelism, that's 15% of the people who may come to Christ. The fields are white unto harvest at age eight and below, and it starts when they are infants. Infants, and um, um, if we can sing, sing, sing our hearts out to the little ones, and if we can pour into their lives um, the truth of who God is, that God made them, God made them, God loves them, God loves them. I don't know about you, but I grew up scared to death of God because I thought I was in trouble all the time. I thought he was mad at me. It took me years to discover that God was not mad at me. So I, I would say um, those statistics, uh, here, here's something else to know. Spiritual formation is kind of actually ended by the time they're 12. They really, it's all in place there. Their moral convictions, their spiritual under worldview, a worldview whether or not includes God. Here's something else that is frightening to know. The av- this is USA Today, by the way. The average three-year-old watches at least five hours of television every day. Five hours. This is the reason why Miss Patty Cake makes videos. I just say, please put me in the queue. Put me next to Blue's Clues and Bear and Dora the Explorer and Bear in the Big Blue House or Disney or Nick Jr. or PBS or anything. All that stuff, James, is great and it's educational and it's happy and it's colorful, but it is all Godless. And we we are mandated, commanded by God to use any and every effort to talk to our children about the Lord. And my big deal is this, songs, song, song, use music, use music, use music, any excuse. The Message Bible says, any excuse for a song to God in the name of Jesus, our Master, Ephesians 5.19 says. Um, so Miss Patty Cake is always looking for ways to teach children to praise because they do it naturally, Psalm 8.2 says. They naturally do it. It's ordained of God. And Jesus reminds us how important little children are. This is the kingdom of God. So so start as early as possible. Go in there and fight. I beg you, my friends. Go fight. Fight for these little ones. Um, ask, ask for it. Remind them. Say, if we do not give these children the truth, we have five precious years in their lives to really, really lay a spiritual foundation. By the time they're five, it's, you know, if you wait to start till after they're five, it's almost too late, almost too late, which is, which is tragic. But that's why, that's why you're doing what you're doing. That's why God is empowering you, giving you a passion and you have people in your life that are going to cheer you on. Yay! God's kingdom is upside down. Oh, I got one more thing to say. Can I say it? Okay. I saw this sign that I thought was brilliant and it was a national ad council, big old sign. And it was in the mall where I lived when my, in Mobile, and it said this, and I think it's brilliant. A child's mind is like jello. The idea is this. Put the good things in before it sets. Exactly right. Put the good things in before it sets. And y'all, it sets so early. Their personality and character is almost completely set by the time they're only six years old. You know it. You see it all the time. Their bend, their, the, the DNA that God has given them, their giftedness, you can start to see it early, early, early. They need to hear the word of the living God. It is, it is able to penetrate their hearts. And here's another reason why. Here's another scripture for you because you need to know you're standing on the rock of the word. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7. Check me out. I think that's the right verse. Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says this, God has set eternity in the hearts of all men. And I love it because I work with preschoolers. You never have to resort to apologetics with a preschool child because it's already in there. They know it. It's born in them. You only have to tell them his name. God, the one who made you. And they say, oh, him. God, the one who loves you. (gasps) He loves me? Yes, he does. You're precious to him. You are wonderfully and amazingly made. Let's give God thanks. Ready? Yay, God! All right. That's awesome. And um, 
Okay, so we, we're, we're talking to our, our, our people here that are listening, and I, let's pretend for a minute that I, um, I'm, I'm a, I believe everything you're saying, and I'm in a, I'm in a church, though, that, that, that believes the opposite of what I believe. I'm, I'm there. I'm called by God. I can't fight my pastor. I can suggest things, but the problem I'm running into is every time I go to him, and, I, and I've bought the Barna book, and I put it on his desk, and I've come to him in staff meeting. I've come to him one-on-one, and I've prayed and prayed and prayed, but it comes across like I'm trying to promote my ministry, and it comes across as suspicious. What 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 tips do you have for these folks? Because I've, I've been in that boat where I've gone to my pastor and I sound just like the singles guy who's just trying to get more stage time. I sound just like the worship leader who wants the choir to sing two or three more songs. My heart is, I want to build my church. I want to build the kingdom. How do you, how do you convey that true heart and get past that, that appearance of just wanting to promote your own ministry? Um, That's a really good question, and something occurs to me. Thank you, God, that something occurs to me. Um, um, The thing that occurs to me is this. We, as the church, it's it's really not our job to parent these children. It's not our job. Um, It's not our job to be the the place where they learn everything spiritual. That's that's not what God's plan was ever. It was was all about the family. It was all about um, the people of God being the people of God. Check out Psalm... Um, 78, sorry, I don't have my Bible with me right here. Psalm 78 really talks, really speaks to challenging parents to talk to their children, tell their children, one generation shall commend God's works to another so that they may be the glory of God and they may bring glory to God. So perhaps the the tack that you want to take, sometimes <laughs> sometimes God has to give you um, a plan. Sometimes, sometimes God has to give you a, a, a specific angle. Sure, absolutely, the way to go. And I think it's this. I think it is that your pastor knows and you know that you can't do the job that a parent does. What you are trying to do is come alongside the parent and help equip the parent to do, like, for example, what we said, Deuteronomy 6, 9, talk to your children about the Lord. Uh, and, and this is not about you trying to build up your, what, what you're trying to do is say, help me Help me teach these parents to parent their children. Help me teach these parents to talk to their children about God. Help, how can we come alongside these moms and dads to tell, show them how to talk to their children about God? By the way, I don't know if last night you were downstairs. We're at a conference in St. Louis. That's where we're, we're sitting here looking at the Great Arch. It is very cool. It might as well be a million miles away because neither of us are going over there. Oh, I know. We don't have time. But it's a beautiful cold day in March. We're looking at the arch. Um, but we last night, Phil Vischer, who's the man who created VeggieTales, premiered his new project, which is an animated, funny DVD that is an effort to help uh, parents talk to their children about what is the Bible. I am thrilled with this thing. So it is a resource for you as um, a church person to come to your pastor and say, look what I found. This is the guy who did VeggieTales. It is, um, what's it called? Something, no, the, but wait, I've got the sticker on. What does that say? What's in the Bible? What's in the Bible? It's a video series that is designed for parents to sit with their kids ages five and up. So it's a little older than what Miss Patty Cake, what I do. But but here is a way for you as a children's pastor to say, I found something great for parents and kids. Can we have the moms and dads come with the kids? Can we show this video in the sanctuary? It's it's a it's talking points. It brings up questions. And can we answer questions? Can we help that? But if you do you think I'm on the right track? I mean, this, I think this is a good thing to say. If you can come to your pastor and say, how can we help moms and dads learn how to talk to their children? And here is what I think is key. In an age-appropriate way. Age-appropriateness is so, so important. You cannot give meat to a child with no teeth. You can't. You have to give them something to drink that they can take in, something that's relevant, something that creates... Uh, a worldview that includes God. And that's why we have to start at the youngest age, when they're little, 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 um, when they're babes in arms, when they're, when they're tiny, when they're one and two. I have a one-year-old who can tell me every word of every Miss Patty Cake song. He's not two years, a boy, not yet two years. His father is a Bible man, so he's brilliant. Um, but if, if you can go there saying, my burden is for parents who don't know how to talk to their children, how can we get to this parents? Could I have some funding for these DVDs? Could I have some funding for videos that 
that help us train kids or CDs that have songs that, that these children can learn. Because you know what? At the end of the day, can, can you have two minutes for me? I want to tell a two-minute story. I live in Nashville. I go to Christ Community Church there. My pastor, a precious man, um, has just taken his 85-year-old father to live with him because he has Alzheimer's. And he has lost his ability to speak. He has not said a word for six months. They're not sure if he knows them, but he sits in their house and he eats and he watches. And he watches the people and coming and going. At Christmas, he told just last month, he told the story that at Christmas, his elderly father, who cannot speak, was sitting in a chair and they brought in the brand new baby who is this man's great-grandchild. And they said, you know, look, Poppy, this is, um, this is your grandbaby. This is little, um, well, I've forgotten his name. Jacob, here's baby Jacob. Um, you, would you like to hold him? And this man reached out his arms and took the baby. And he has no words, right? He hasn't spoken in six months. And he sat there and he started, tears started running down his face. And the whole family was taking pictures and looking at him. Then it got kind of quiet. And you know what happened? This man started to sing. He sang, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. He had no words, but he had a song. And he had a song because somebody like you, listeners, somebody like you taught him this song. And it was imprinted in his brain. We're imprinting these children. We're planting seeds. We're laying a foundation that will last for eternity. And my encouragement is this. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not grow weary in well-doing because in due time, one of these old days, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit, if we faint not. So don't give up. Keep on praying. Um, buy that George Barna book because it's full of great, it's full of great, it's full of the truth of our culture. And um, ask God to give you ideas. Ask God to give you um, um, ideas that will help bring the... Um, the reality of the great need in these in the lives of the least of these, the, the youngest of these. Um, and God will do that. You know why? Because Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Yes, he does. Thank you. Genius. Absolute genius. Did you hear what she said, folks? It, it was simply this, that um, you use your pastor's passion, which is those grown-ups, and you just reroute your passion and filter it right through his, which is godly anyway. Yes. We can't be against him. The minute we are, that's the minute we need to leave and, and check our heart anyway. So the dovetail thing. Um, all right. Real quick before we go, uh, tell the folks how they can. I mean, let's assume they don't know nothing about Miss Patty Cake. Where can they find you online? Uh, where are there some resources? Where can they try you out? Uh, I do happen to know you do live shows as well. So tell us a little bit about all that. Great. Well, I'm thrilled to tell you I have a big old website. Praise God for that. It's called Miss, that's M-I-S-S, because it's like, you know, a teacher. <laughs> I have Miss Laura, Miss Sarah. Well, I'm Miss Patty Cake, which is silly. But I am Miss Patty Cake, P-A-T-T-Y Cake. Dot com. That's the website. You can sometimes, if they're in there, you can find Miss Patty Cake videos at Christian Bookstores, Lifeway, Family. Um, um, my videos are are musically driven. There are lots and lots of songs, and I weave a story, and I have one about a birthday party. I have one um, that's a treasure hunt. I have one that is Easter, which is the bestseller because it's awesome. It uses the family life resurrection eggs that you, I hope you might know about. It's a, it's a bright-colored Easter eggs that you you open and inside is a piece, a little something that tells a piece of the story like the donkey and the the cup and the praying hands and and the cross and the crown and the and the and the stone that was rolled away. Then the last one is empty because Jesus is not dead, he's alive, he's risen, just like he said. So everything Miss Patty Cake does is targeted to a two, three, and four-year-old. It rhymes. Um, it's jingle-esque. Parents hate me because my songs stick in their heads, and they can't forget them. And um, I have a Christmas um, a video, an Easter video, a birthday party, what I say. One about the Hullabaloo Zoo that's Noah's boat. Then we go to a real zoo and see animals. One called God's Great Big World that's about creation, about people who live all over the world. It's missional and um, organized. And I have some things that I've made specially for classes where I just put all the songs on some videos. And the reason we like to use videos and TV is this. It's all three learning styles. For those of you who are educators, it's auditory, 
it's visual, it's kinesthetic. So they see it, they hear it, they do it because everything has hand motions and I go, get up, now watch Miss Patty King, copy me. And because they're emulating somebody, <laughs> I saw something that, that today that said, your children are gonna imitate something, give them something good to imitate. So I, I wrote a little song called Copycat and, um, and we teach children to copy Miss Patty King because soon we're gonna teach them to copy the Lord Jesus. Um, so our, we have uh, videos, we have uh, CDs of just the songs. I also have a pseudo curriculum that's a, that has many musicals for preschool children. Some of you have preschool choirs or preschool groups of kids, and you can um, give them a uh, an opportunity to stand up in front of the grown-ups, say easy little one-liners, sing songs, and then the parents will go, oh my goodness, my children are brilliant which they are. <laughs> They're genius. Look, they just sang that song and did all the hand motions because they can do it at two and three and four. They really, really can because they love, love, love music. So Miss Patty Cake is all about using music to teach, using music to praise, and using music to, um, to impact and imprint the lives of the, of the least of these. And they can find out more about your live events on your website. Yes, absolutely. I I am I go wherever I'm invited, and typically, what I do if I come to a church is this: um, um, it is an event where you invite families with preschool children. So it's parents with children together. That's right. I said it together because what we're trying to do is help empower and equip the moms and dads so they know how to talk to their children about God. And the easiest thing to do is teach the parents the songs because they can sing them with their kids. And, and your videos are probably available in local Christian bookstores yes, and stuff? they should be. They, Lifeway. Lifeway, family, they should be there. If they're not, ask them. They can uh, order them, or you can just go to my website and find them there, misspattycake.com. Thank you, Miss Patty Cake, for taking this time. I'm sure our people appreciate it. And uh, uh, God bless you and everything you do. I, I really appreciate it. It was worth the price of the cup of coffee times 700. Ah, so. ah. Thank you, James. Thanks for the coffee. God's blessings on all of you because you are handling the precious things of God, the apple of his eye, the thing that he loves most, and that is the little ones. Amen. Amen. God bless all y'all. All right, let's read a couple of emails. Hi, Pastor James. I just listened to your podcast from June, and I think uh, I think it's called about dealing with discouragement. I really was blessed. I realized that I've been becoming known for my complaining about the facility, the lack of resources, etc., and that my I'm damaging my ministry and my legacy. Thank you for your good words. Keep up the great work, Jeremy. Jeremy, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I figured out the same thing. Thank God we figured it out now while we still have a chance to change it. Um, and unfortunately I don't have a name on this next email. Here's a potential question for your podcast, which is great. By the way, I'm a part-time children's ministry director, 15 hours a week. I feel like much of my time is consumed by administrative stuff, reading and finding lessons and curriculum, setting things up, gathering props, making schedules, sending letters, getting ideas from forums. I feel like sometimes I never actually get to minister to the kids. Sure. I teach them on Sundays and Wednesdays, but I feel like there should be more. Should I be doing more one-on-one mentoring outside the church, or is that for the older bunch, the youth group? Should I be meeting with parents on a regular basis or my workers? I want to make an eternal kingdom difference, not just be spinning in the spinning the wheels. Do you have any advice? Thanks. And yes, I do. Uh, first of all, actually, this was called when when do I get to do ministry? And it was from Lindsay. So uh, thanks email for the email, Lindsay. Um, well, first of all, welcome to ministry. This is what I do as well. And I remember, I have a saying I say a lot of times, I remember when I thought children's ministry was about ministering to children. And it is, it is, you know, it, it begins and ends with that, but they're in the middle. Um, I think children's ministers have more people to please and more things to do than probably any other single pastor other than the senior pastor on staff, because we have the children that's one people group we have to please. Then there are parents, and we have our volunteers, we have our peers, other pastors that we work with, and then we have our leadership, and uh, that includes uh, you know sometimes the board and the pastor, of course. So we have quite a few, and then also there's a lot of programs. You know, you think about your your uh, singles pastor or your worship leader. They've maybe got you know the the orchestra if they're lucky, a choir, and then the worship team. You've got uh, for me, I don't know. I've got Rangers and Missionettes, which is our boys and girls group. I've got Junior Bible Quiz. I've got several Sunday school classes. Uh, of course, uh, Junior ch- Children's Church, and then Elementary Children's Church. Then I have. 
a a junior leader program for sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Um, am I missing anything? Oh, and nursery. God forbid I forget that wonderful blessing. Um, yeah, so uh, you, you there's a lot of paperwork that goes with that, a lot of things that you have to fill out. And, and, and I don't even have a secretary at my new position. And so I'm finding that I'm having to do a lot of that. Thankfully, my wife is coming in and helping me uh, with uh, 99% of that stuff these days. But yeah, you've got a lot to do. You've got policies and procedures to deal with. You've got uh, probably to, to do your own repairs and your own work requests and buying your own batteries for the microphone. I mean, there's just a million and a half things that children's pastors do. And you are expected to do all of it with only 15 hours in your week. And uh, granted, that's part of your issue is you are seriously doing a full-time job um, on 15 hours a week. So there's part of your issue. But even if you were full-time, I'm telling you, this stuff has a way of filling up your uh, schedule. I learned a long time ago, though, that if I want my ministry to be God-sized instead of me-sized, I have got to delegate things. Delegation is the key. Anything that someone else can do, they need to be doing it. So if you can get a volunteer to come in once a week and help you with your paperwork, if you can get a group of people to help you mentor your kids, a a, a leadership team, and yes, you have to sit down with parents, and yes, you need to sit down with your workers. Um, You need to plan out your schedule. And that's the other thing, is the the, uh, urgent will always outweigh the important. And the important things is meeting with parents and workers and stuff like that and, and doing training. And so I have a goal that I set, and actually my pastor helps me set that. Once a quarter, I'm going to do one, uh, I'm going to do three things. I'm going to have an outreach event, I'm going to have a training, and I'm going to have some sort of social event. All three of those every quarter. So that gives me something to shoot for. I've got to sit down before the quarter starts and put those things on the calendar. If I don't do that, I'm not going to be able to fit them in later. So making these things a priority. I meet with all of my main ministry leaders once a quarter. And then I try to sit down with them individually, even just a standing meeting. Just, hey, how you doing? At least once a month. I make a point to tour through every single week and say hi to my workers in their classrooms before service starts. And then once a year, actually twice a year, we meet together as an entire ministry. And we have food and you know things like that. And we make fun of the people that have to work in nursery. Um, so again, I feel, feel for you because you're having, to, you're, like many children's pastors, you're having to do a full children's ministry position with only trying to get 15 hours a weekend, still working your real job, still um, you know, doing your home life and, and personal life and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I, I, but all that being said, I do not want to minimize that position and what you're doing. Um, children's ministry is very important. And a lot of it is a lot of the work and the paperwork and the background stuff. A lot of it is. Um, and it is very hard to stay motivated sometimes. It's very easy to get drained by all of that. I understand that. I mean, when you're on the outside looking in, you think children's ministry is probably the easiest thing in the world. That's why I hate it. It's, it's one of my pet peeves. When somebody comes up and says something to the effect of, uh, you know, when are you going to be a real pastor? Are you ever thinking about becoming a real pastor? Or my favorite is when they say, I can tell you why you're children's pastor because you're just a big kid yourself. And they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what we do. And that's okay. You know what? Because I do it for God, and He does know. Um, but it is it is a huge job. Somebody's got to do it. And if that's what you're called to do, this is the position. Again, though, balance that against the fact that you need to be giving as much away as possible. Um, you know, try try to get volunteers in and make that a priority. The more you take care of your people, and the more you pour into them. Yes, it's harder to give it away initially, but I'm telling you. You never know. You'll look down five years later, and you'll be amazed at how big your ministry has gotten because it's grown beyond what you yourself was able to do. I hope that helps, Lindsay. And if it doesn't, um, there's probably other children's ministry podcasts out there that you can listen to, and and uh, they're smarter than me. So anyway. Oh, real quick resource. Um, I don't know that I threw one of these in last week. I think I did, or last month. But I, I found the most random thing in my very own storage closet. I've been finding lots of random stuff. It's, it's kind of fun inheriting some other children's pastors' props and things. But I inherited a whole mess of retro, nasty, ghetto-looking puppets. Okay, I'm talking about old school. I'm talking about a spray-painted devil puppet. I guess he was spray-painted to be fluorescent, you know, for blacklight or whatever. 
So I personally don't use double puppets, but uh, we have one in case anybody needs to borrow one and lives in my area. You can come by and see him. He's crunchy because all of his hair is spray painted. But anyway, um, uh, a couple of these puppets, one of them is an African-American puppet, and, and I'm afraid to use him. I'll tell you why, because he was made by people back before, I guess, diversity was as diverse as it possibly is now. And that is the blackest puppet I've ever seen in my life. They literally took black um, uh, fabric and made the puppet out of it. And I've never seen a black black person, if you know what I mean. I've seen some brown people, uh, blah, blah, blah. So uh, anyway, his hair is lighter than his skin, and, and that is never the case <laughs> that I've ever seen. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but on uh, th- what was supporting this thing, I, I was amazed it was up on the counter. It was standing up by itself, which made it look really scary. It was hovering there, staring at me, um, judging me. I happened to pick it up, and what was underneath? Something fell out on the floor. It was a stinking toilet plunger. I'm like, ooh, 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 random. Okay, but I'm assuming if it's in a children's ministry closet, it hasn't been used for its purpose because that's what we do. We buy a bunch of random stuff. The Walmart lady looks at us funny, and uh, and we feel like we need to explain the toilet plungers for a game. We're picking up bowling balls and carrying them across the room or something stupid like that. But in this case, I realized quick as a bunny that this uh, toilet plunger was actually holding up this puppet. And so that's the resource I want to share with you today. Maybe everybody else is like, duh, we've been doing that for years. And apparently somebody had because this is a, a old puppet. But I think it's genius uh, that if you if you need a quick and simple and possibly cheap puppet stand to keep him from falling over or whatever, you can use a, uh, a, a, a toilet plunger. Who knew? I didn't. Matter of fact, I want to take the devil puppet and possibly put him over the toilet plunger in my bathroom at my house. And um, I think that would just make make my day. You know, people could feel like that they were, you know, doing their business right next to the devil, which is what, you know, a lot of people really theorize that would be the best thing to do with the devil. It's just poop on him. So anyway, that's probably a TMI. I, I should probably erase that but anyway hey we're gonna get out of here it is uh time for us to go thank you so much for joining us this month i hope you enjoyed the awesome interview uh check out the website www.cmmonthly.com we have resources and articles for you uh, you can email us your comments and feedback cmmonthly at gmail.com call it in 218 monthly that's 218-666-8459 you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash NLCast, okay? NLCast. Uh, look up uh, CM Monthly on Facebook. We've got a fan page. You can like us. It'd be awesome. Join us at cmconnect.org. It's a social media project. It's like the MySpace of uh, children's ministry. Tell somebody that you love about the show. And if you hate the show, tell somebody you hate. It'd be awesome. And uh, make sure you leave us an iTunes review, people. Until next time, we'll see you later. And God bless.